Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to Drafting the Circuits. My name is Frank Santoroski, I'll be your host for the next hour as we go over everything that hasn't happened in racing this week. Um, <laughs> joining me in the studio is Richard Uden. Richard, how you doing buddy? I'm good, yourself? Oh man, good to talk to you, but more importantly, I've got two other guys here. I've got Justin Malolo. Wait, me? Oh, I got them more important than me? <laughs> wow. Man, you just, like, blew my whole introduction for these guys, okay? Anyway, so Seth, Seth Eggert, who's our regular panelist, and our, our new friend Justin Malolo, uh, these guys cover e-racing and i-racing. And, I mean, you guys accepted this kind of small potatoes job, you know, in the background of your writing up stuff on the rear races, but suddenly you guys are thrust into the national spotlight as the the most skilled reporters to talk about this only racing we have. Because I have seen some stuff. I've I've read some stuff from Jim Aiello, from Marshall Pruitt, from uh, other guys that they're just struggling to understand this. But you guys are seeped into this. You understand this well. And now, you guys are front and center. So, let's talk about the iRacing, e-racing, because uh, NASCAR put on their first big e-race, or i-race, I'm not sure which is which. Because E-NASCAR you, race. The e-NASCAR race, because you guys are smarter than me. And, uh, man, they put it on TV, put it on Fox, uh, Fox Sports 1, and it has some great ratings. So, guys, let's break that down, and then let's talk about the things that you the um, – the computer simulator racing and the other series are doing. Well, Denny Hamlin won the first ever eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series race. Uh, I believe it's supposed to be a six-week ra- uh, season that they're going to have doing this, at least as of right now, depending on what goes on with the coronavirus. Uh, that being said, uh, it was at Homestead Miami Speedway. It included 35 drivers. There were five that failed to qualify from the truck and Xfinity series. Uh, 
it was an entertaining show to say the least. Uh, there were, I believe, nine cautions for 42 of the 100 laps because we had about half the field that was very experienced in iRacing, say Hamlin, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Parker Klingerman, Ty Majeski, and we had some that definitely were not skilled with iRacing, like Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch. Uh, some were even sharing or borrowing a rig from another driver. Uh, McDowell was borrowing a, uh, the rig from Todd Gilliland. Uh, Kurt Busch went to David Gravel's house to borrow his iRacing rig. Uh, Maya Snyder went to uh, E-NASCAR Coca-Cola Series driver's house to borrow their rig. So Okay, so when we're talking about a rig... Yes. Define this, okay? Because I, when I rig, I'm thinking a, a pickup truck, but this is not what we're talking about. No, it's not a a rig in this sense. And Justin, after I explain at least my version, uh, they can get very detailed. My my personal one is literally just a computer desk with a wheel clamp to it, a monitor, and a computer tower. But these get way fancier, especially with sim seats and other brands uh justin you're a little more uh it you're a little more knowledgeable than i am with that so i'll let you explain well i'm sitting in my uh sim rig right now uh i've got an obato uh sim racing seat and it's uh it, it's like one of those bucket seats that you would find in a real race car i've got a widescreen monitor in front of me and you know this is actually kind of bare minimum compared to some of these rigs that some of these drivers like Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, they all had during this broadcast on, on Fox Sports 1. Um, it's it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of money that, that can go into these rigs. But um, they're, they're, they're basically just, uh, you know, seats to race on. And, and you got a steering wheel in front of you and um, you, you, you turn some virtual laps over on, uh, mainly on iRacing is, is what the, uh, majority of them are doing, but a lot of them are also going over to R factor, uh, and other simulation programs as well. Uh, I have a, a quick question on that, actually, uh, cause obviously NASCAR is its own official game, but NASCAR Heat 4, isn't it? Uh, so why did they use iRacing for this rather than the, uh, official NASCAR, well, uh, software? Well, although it's a bit of a kick, Nas- in the, kick in the uh, you know well, that one isn't that? Well, although NASCAR Heat Four is the official console game for NASCAR, uh, iRacing actually hosts the only officially sanctioned esports series for NASCAR, and it has since 2010. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. actually won the first ever what's now the E NASCAR Coca Cola iRacing Series event uh, back in 2010. Uh, there was a time in which NASCAR didn't have any console games. That's one of the reasons why that happened. The other reason is most of the drivers actually have iRacing compared to NASCAR Heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's hard times they probably couldn't drop the $30 on it, could they? If if you think about it one way, the, the NASCAR Heat game is more of a social game where yeah, sure. you can pick up a, a, a controller and you can you can go head-to-head uh, head with your friend. Um, yeah. Or iRacing, on the other hand, is where you're going to get most of these people sure. putting thousands I mean, of dollars into the sim. Yeah, I mean, I used to do, back in the day when iRacing first kicked up, I used to go, a couple of the drivers that I worked with in Formula 1 used to do it. And, uh, you know, we used to go against them, and it just got depressing. 
<laughs> Thank God. You know, we'd sit there and I remember we'd sort of sit there and practice for hours and hours and hours and get what you thought was a reasonable competitive lap time. And then a guy like Anthony Davidson would just rock up and go, oh, I saw him late. And within two laps, it was like three seconds faster than you. And you're like, yeah, screw you. Which, Richard, <laughs> Richard, I do actually have experience with something like that on the yeah. NASCAR side. Uh, I remember back in the day when I was much more regular on iRacing, I'd be in a practice session just trying to learn the track, thinking I'm decent, and John Hunter Nemechek or Matt Martin or Bobby Labonte would ha- hop in the session, and they would put a lap time down, and I'd look, and I would leave the session because I was that embarrassed. I was yeah. sometimes five it's or a- six seconds off the pace. So, but that being on the NASCAR side, on the IndyCar side of iRacing, I picked it up one, two, three. It was very easy, at least to me. And I've been very successful on the IndyCar side of iRacing. Granted, I cover the NASCAR side now. But back in the day, I remember actually being fairly competitive with Scott McLaughlin, with Will Power, Lewis Hamilton in the IndyCar on iRacing. Uh, granted, I don't Wait think a minute. Wait a minute. Lewis Hamilton does IndyCar iRacing? He... He did. Okay, that's interesting. That's kind of cool. He, he's done IndyCar. He's done Legend Car. He's done NASCAR. Granted, he's done more Formula than anything else, but he has dabbled in some of the other uh, series on iRacing. Uh, but again, that being said, the co- the uh, Invitational Series on Sunday, it was a little bit more of an entertainment race, I'll say, this first one, because he had about an even mix of those who were competitive and those who were not competitive. And the reason why some were used to iRacing, some were not. Uh, Hamlin said uh, post-race that he went and actually practiced with his e-NASCAR Coca-Cola series drivers uh, to just squeeze out four hundredths of a second on lap time. He actually does own a team in the NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. Uh, Keegan Mayhe and Casey Kerwin drive for him. Uh, and Keegan is probably one of the fastest, if not the fastest driver out there. And Keegan was tasked with and created the fixed setup that the drivers will be using this weekend uh, at the virtual Texas Motor Speedway. All right, so now while NASCAR is doing this, the Formula One had a uh, I race as well. The, mm-hmm. well, the virtual well, it was Grand Prix. It was, it was the uh, they used the official F1 2019 game rather than I racing. Yeah, and they had six of their twenty drivers out of the race within a hundred yards of the start finish line. It was awful, unfortunately. You had uh, um, I, I I think they had like two races or something, and um, I think the first race was a normal race and the second race was a reverse grid. So you had. Of the 20 cars or whatever it was, probably, I'd say, seven or eight real-world serious drivers. Um, and only two had, of them were current F1 drivers? Yeah, you had um, Latifi and uh, Lando Norris uh, in there. You then had four or five eSports drivers, for whatever better word, who were pretty, you know, you could tell they knew what they were doing. And then you had a couple of celebrities thrown in there. You had the... Uh, Thibaut Courtois, who's a professional soccer player in Europe, and Ian Poulter, who's a professional golfer, and a couple of other names that I didn't recognise. I think they were probably the professional race drivers or the esports. But it was, it was just, 
they need to do it one way or the other. You know, they need all esports drivers or all Formula One drivers or all celebrities or something because it was. I mean, the celebrity guys were probably pretty good in real terms, but when you put them up against, um, you know, the, the esports drivers and the F1 drivers, you know, they're not going to compete. And Lando Norris was hit in the first corner and all this sort of stuff. It was just. Something just, you know, it just, uh, they missed the boat. They had an opportunity. I think what NASCAR did was really, really good. The the F1 thing just, I don't know if any of you guys saw it, but it was just I, meh. I saw it, and as I'm watching it, I have the Twitch stream up of the uh, virtual uh, 12 Hours of Sebring, and I'm watching both, and I hear from the virtual 12 Hours of Sebring, and Max Verstappen takes the lead, and I look, yeah. and I'm like, Oh, so that's why he's not running the F1 race. Well, he also said that he hasn't driven F1 2019 as a game. I guess he's mainly iRacing based. And he said he didn't want to jump in at the last minute and try and learn F1 2019 in a short period of time and make himself look stupid. Which is one reason why Brendan Gunn, who was invited to the NASCAR uh, deal, uh, declined to enter that. I know Ryan Blaney declined initially because of his internet uh, provider, although he... I believe he'll be in this weekend. Harvick and Almirola and Truex also were not in it this past week, and Martin Truex Jr., that is. I know Truex and Harvick might be in it this coming weekend, though. Um, that be- so that's all good stuff. Now, the now uh, the IndyCar has launched their own as well. Yes. And I believe they start on the 28th. The tw- they start this Saturday. Uh, which, and they've, they've, they've been doing like a little... A, um, a vote for what will be the first a, a, race. A little a vote for... And I think... I, I, I want to say that first race is going to be a Watkins Glen. Is it, that it, correct? It's or? come down to either Watkins Glen or Auto Club. Okay, so it could go either it way could there. could go either way. Bo- both, are, both are tracks that uh, IndyCar doesn't currently race on, but uh, both are places that put on good IndyCar races. Well, so, to be um, fair... Uh, iRacing doesn't have all of the IndyCar venues because they don't have a lot of street courses, and the few that they do have, like Long Beach, is still in development, and I think Long Beach has been in development for six years now, but um, it's just one of those where the amount of detail that has to go into a venue like that, it takes uh, the developers at iRacing time to put it all together. Uh, now, now, do you do you know anything about the um, development uh, process for getting this? Do they like um, they they use? Is it like very similar to like green screen technology in uh in motion pictures where they you know they with the Lucky Land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. They, they put the little balls there and take a virtual thing and then... What, well, you mean to generate the tracks? Yes, yeah, they yes, yes. Them, so they they, they scan them, uh, so that way they are accurate to the millimeter. Uh, and from start to finish, from the time they scan it to where they go and recreate it in the virtual world to it then being released to the public, the average 1.5-mile track takes somewhere around six months to uh, recreate. Uh, a track that's bigger will obviously take more time, smaller will take small, uh, you know, less time. That being said, for it to be on TV, iRacing has its own production crew that was essentially feeding the feed to Fox Sports 1. And I believe James Pike from Podium Esports was talking in the ear of both uh, Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy and Larry Mack to explain to them uh, exactly what was going on in some of the cases that were some essentially some of the quick repairs and some of the unique uh, features of iRacing. Very interesting, yeah, because it's like cause we're used to just watching a race, you know, but now there's there's all these other factors in there. So um, now let's talk about now, Justin. You've been quiet, so I want to bring you, bring you into the conversation. Now, there's this one that's called The Race. And they, they've, we've got people from different disciplines in racing here. So t- talk to us a little bit about, about the one that's called The Race, because I think they had uh, they had one already go off, and they've got another one coming up. Yeah, so The Race is using uh, R-Factor, R-Factor 2, um, which is another type of program like iRacing, like, uh, the F1 2019 game like NASCAR Heat, um, it's it's just a different you know program. Um, it's it's a lot more. They, they can modify that program a little bit more, and you'll actually hear and and see that a lot of um, teams will use R Factor for their yeah. real life testing. So, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of Formula One simulator software is based on R Factor. Right. In fact, so I think everyone that I've ever worked with has been based on our factor. So the the race is going to have um, they they already had one this past weekend. They're going to have another one. Um, there's going to be legends for drivers aged 40 or old older, um, and then that's going to have um, Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, um, IMSA race winner Juan Pablo Montoya. Um, there's going to be uh, many, many names on here. Tony Canana, I see Paul uh, Max is Pappas. on there. Max Pappas, Adrian Fernandez, Brian Herta. Uh, so many names are going to be uh, participating in this on, on our factor. So it's just another – like everybody's trying to jump on this eSports, which is really great to see. Uh, I love NASCAR, what, what they did this past Sunday. I love what they're going to be continuing to do and, and everything that's going with that. There's been a lot of that going on with iRacing. And then you also see it with 
with this, with our factor, you see it with the formula one game. You see it with, um, even they're, they're doing a race right now on NASCAR heat. It was, it was pre-planned, but they're, they're doing, um, some preseason stuff on the NASCAR heat for that they're broadcasting through NASCAR. So, um, everybody's jumping on esports, and, and formula one IndyCar is no different. They're, they're doing this. They, I, I feel like the race was the first one to get it where they they had something and had a, a list of drivers and, and put on an event before anybody else. Uh, yeah, I think they had so it, now. I think they had it organized maybe a little bit better. I know the replacements 100 actually took place beforehand, but that wasn't sanctioned by NASCAR itself, and that was more something cobbled together by uh, TJ Majors and Kevin Hamlin. Right. All right. So let's talk about. A little bit about where we can watch this, okay? So now we know the the uh, the NASCAR uh, stuff is on Fox Force One. So now the one that's called the race is that going to be broadcast on television all, or is it just online? It's I believe it's online. It'll probably be through a, a YouTube uh, link that'll be available. That's at, at least that's what it was for the first one. Um, the the only esports racing series that has been able to get all the way up to network television is has been the NASCAR series. Um, I'm sure everybody would love to see Formula One and IndyCar stars on television as well, but there's a lot of logistics that that have to go into it and and whatnot. And they're they're still going to be able to get. Um, it's at it's actually it is on YouTube. I'm I'm looking at their their latest tweet here. It's going to be at the race the dash race dot com slash youtube it'll be available um for their race this weekend okay yeah but, but you gotta wonder because you see like fox force one has all this dead air time that they had planned to dedicate to nascar so it's kind of easy right. for them to slide that right in say we're, we're going to show this where we would have shown the you know the race today but uh nbc sports has um, you know, time they've dedicated to the IndyCar series coming up. So, uh, is there a possibility we might see these uh, IndyCar ones on NBC Sports or no? I, I, would, I mean, what do you guys well, hear? I, I think it's possible. Uh, I want to say this weekend's race is going to be streamed through uh, the iRacing Twitch account, and which would also be streamed simulcast on iRacing's Facebook and YouTube. Uh, which is something that they do with the NASCAR Coca-Cola series. They do that with other races throughout the year. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see it there at first and then maybe on NBCSN because, like Justin said, there is a lot of logistics that goes into this. Uh, I don't know how quickly they would be able to get it together, uh, especially, with, granted, even though there's no sports really on TV right now, uh, so that way, say the iRacing production crew has one day for IndyCar, one day for NASCAR, uh, maybe one day for World of Outlaws because they're even turning to iRacing. Uh, so that way they're not conflicting and running over each other, so to speak. Gosh, man, it's, it's very interesting. It's odd, it's odd times that we live in right now because we would, every one of us would like to see real cars on a racetrack. Absolutely. And be sitting in the stands, or sitting, or sitting in the media center, or but just smelling the, you know, smelling the tire smoke and stuff like that. So, uh, but it's, at least they're 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 doing something to keep fans engaged, which I don't see from a lot of other sports right now. You know, you you don't see like a 
virtual hockey or virtual basketball uh, going on. So you got to hand it to the auto racing well, to, to try to at least present a show uh, for the fans. Well, Agree? Disagree? Well, one reason why that is, and Justin, I'm sure you can back me up on this, is with iRacing, our factor, those two in particular, you could actually take that what you learn from those two series and maybe translate that in the real world. And I don't mean just for the drivers. I mean, look at Ty Majeski, look at William Byron, Raj Karuth. Uh, I could keep going and listing names of potential drivers or drivers who actually are in NASCAR right now that actually have come from iRacing or honed their skills on iRacing and improved to such a degree that they were able to climb the NASCAR ladder. You can't do that with NBA 2K. You can't do that with <laughs> NFL. You can't do that with NHL uh, 2020. It's only something that is unique to motorsports. I, I, I think Denny Hamlin definitely said it best on, on Sunday after he won. Um, it, it gives the regular fan the opportunity to go out and simulate, you know, what's actually going on on the real track. He says there's no other sport like, like, Seth just said, like, NBA players can't go out, they can't go play NBA 2K and put it on TV and make it look like the real thing. You can't go out and play Madden and make it look like the real thing. There's animation, There's they're not actually throwing the ball around. They're, these guys on iRacing are holding a steering wheel, are pressing pedals. It's as close to the real thing as it can get. Is It's not the real thing. And, and a lot of a lot of naysayers out there will say, Oh well, they're just trying to get it replaced uh, with the real thing. No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants like e NASCAR to take over for real NASCAR. I, I think I speak for everybody who's a motorsports fan out there that nobody wants to see the the i racing or the e racing take over that thing that we all love. But for right now, with everything that's going on in the world, this is a really good substitution and and. NASCAR seems to have definitely, you know, hit it out of the park. No, you're absolutely right. I, I agree with you 100%. And, I mean, your, your comments on uh, stick of all sports, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, this is this is the closest you can come to doing the sport without doing it. Because, you know, like I said, throwing a, throwing a football on, on Madden is not like throwing a football on, on the gridiron, so... All right, so uh, what, so so what do we have next up for? Um, I know we've got uh, IndyCar coming up, twenty eighth with the um, with their uh, i racing challenge. With their i racing challenge, with, right? And next at NASCAR is Texas, it, right? It's going to be at the virtual Texas Motor Speedway for the uh, Invitational Series. The e NASCAR Coca Cola Series is back in action next weekend or not next weekend next tuesday uh justin what track are they at next they're gonna be at bristol so that should be interesting not only because of the coca-cola series drivers uh, on tuesday but the invitational series is also following the actual schedule so that means bristol is next weekend so that should be very interesting to see how well drivers do or don't do. Yeah, I mean, because on a, on a virtual racing, you don't have the same kind of commitment. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you uh, bang up your car a little bit, it'd be a little better than uh, doing it in real life. So, 
Um, well, let's move on and let's just uh, get to the portion of the show where we talk about nothing else uh, except for racing memories and stumping one another with trivia questions. So, um, now, Justin. Yes, sir. For you, you were you were not on last week. We were sharing old racing memories. What's the your favorite race? What's the best race that you've been to? And and what kind of made that experience so great? Uh, I've been to so many um, in, in recent years, and every I, I don't think there's ever been a time, except for maybe twice, where I've walked away from the track not like completely overwhelmed with joy. Um, the only two times I can think of that I didn't was this most recent Daytona 500 with the Ryan Newman thing. And also there was a race uh, in 2015 or 2016 um, where uh, it was at Talladega. It was, it was craziness They they didn't get to the finish line. They, they kept wrecking. It was, it was madness. Joey Logano won. I was even more mad. It was, it was just crazy, but I mean, I, I, I got to think back to the first time that I I got to go to the racetrack was was Dover. I was I was only like 12 years old, and from that point forward, I was absolutely hooked. Um, it was it was incredible. I, I went with my uncle. The cars were so loud, um, and, and like young me, I, I had no idea what I was, what I was getting into. And, and I, I'm looking around at the stands and nobody's paying attention, but there I am. And I'm, I'm like glued to it. Uh, I remember there in that ra- uh, race, Jimmy Johnson won it. Um, we were sitting up in turn three up it, back when Dover had like grandstands as tall as Bristol used to have. And um, it, it was just, it was a really fun uh, moment for me and, and definitely sparked my um interest in in nascar going forward i had already been a fan for for many years um my first race that i watched was the 1995 bristol race where uh uh terry labani and and dale earnhardt went at it that night terry won but had it all crinkled oh, up. Oh, that was that was a good one yeah yeah terry, terry had a smashed up car in the uh in, in victory lane yeah i remember that one well yes yeah so uh my my, my history goes back uh pretty far and and like I said, there's not many races that I can say that I, I didn't walk out of the, the track with a smile on my face. Oh, good stuff, man. Now, now, like, Seth, you've been to a ton of races, too, man. What's a, what's your favorite race memory? Uh, I actually have to think about this one because I've been to a lot of races going all the way. Okay, we, we, get, we get switched to Richard while you think about it. Yeah, switch to Richard for a moment. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> now Richard yep Richard Richard, I have a question for you that's not related to this one okay far so away. You, you how did how did you switch from working in Formula 1 to working in NASCAR oh boy um so my my wife is originally from Kansas City and we'd lived together in the UK for four four and a half years I guess it was and uh, I knew a couple of people that worked over here in uh, for for one of the NASCAR teams, and because uh, they used to work together at Williams with me, and we actually came over to visit her family, and I was just on LinkedIn or whatever it was, and I said, like, oh, I'll send you a message, you know, whatever. Didn't really think anything of it, and then he, you know, he messaged me back saying, oh, you know, it's good, it's good, it's good. Um, 
you know, you wouldn't be interested in coming over here, would you? Because we need somebody just like you. And it all just fell into place within the first of about six months. Um, I was ended up over here. So that was the uh, that was the background to it, really. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's a lot more similar than people make it out to be. Yeah, the cars are very different. The technology is very different. But the desire and the ultimate aim there is the same. The ultimate aim is to win and be competitive and be fast. And in a way, in NASCAR, it's a little bit easier because you're you're dealing with, um, you know, far fewer variables and far fewer technical variables. So you've just got to pick an area to work on. And, you know, if it works, it works. That's half the problem because they don't have all the simulation tools. They don't have all the fan understanding. The driver input is a lot more different. You know, you could have, you know, a Hendrick cars that, Jimmy Johnson's winning every every weekend and give that to Kyle Busch and he won't be able to win a race in it because it's very much it's far more driver style and driver orientation. You know, how loose do you like the car? How tight do you like it? You know, do you do you want a long run car? Do you want a short run car? You know, how can you manage the tires? So in NASCAR, it's a little bit more what I would call fluid, the engineering, whereas in Formula One, it's far more uh, analytical and critical. You know, you put you know, anybody in any car and they'll match the performance of that car pretty quickly. That's very interesting. Yeah. That, I, I've kind of heard stuff along those lines. Like you said, if you, if you take the worst guy on the formula one grid and throw him in the Mercedes, yeah, that, 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 that he'll, he'll win a race. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, and going back to the, 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 sort of the first question, I guess, um, you know, for my best race memory, was um, the the Coke 600 that Austin Dillon won. I actually went as a fan. Uh, I wasn't working with the team that day. I went down there with some friends, and we, we you know stayed in the campground there. And we were just sat amongst the regular punters sort of thing up in the grandstands. And uh, it was quite a race, you know, sort of three-quarters of the way through it or two-thirds of the way through it. You know, there was a, a lightning storm came through, and uh, we had to evacuate back to the... Uh, uh, the campsite, and the night before, actually, there was a tornado came through the campsite, and all this sort of stuff. It was it was quite an eventful weekend, and then um, and then we won, uh, you know, on fuel mileage, but you know, you still got to make the call. And uh, you know, Justin Alexander, it was his first race back as a crew chief for Austin, made the call there and and, and got that right. And then um, because obviously it was over the holiday weekend, you know, everybody else had the Monday off, but. We were testing in Richmond the following week, starting on the Tuesday. So, uh, you know, I got home Monday. At, I got home at some some ungodly time, and then had to end up going straight into work to finish off some parts for the test that they were using in Richmond the following day. So, I didn't really have much time to celebrate, unfortunately. But that was quite eventful. Uh, yeah, I remember that very very clearly. Uh, yeah. Now, were you were you part of the team when? Um... When when uh, uh, Austin Dillon won the, the Daytona 500? No, no, unfortunately not. That uh, that was uh, that was about two or three months after uh, after everybody left, which was a shame because that, oh, that okay, money could have right, uh, yeah. could have saved a few jobs there. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just want to double check because you know you know our old friend Gray who's uh, uh he he's recovering. He's uh, Gray's been ill, but he's uh one of his uh favorite memories is being part of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daytona 500 winning team um, with uh, Ward Burton, yep. and he uh, every now and again he, he'll he'll post a picture of his of his uh, uh, you know 
ring that he that he got for being part of the winning crew chief or the, the winning team and um the and the thing so i was like gray i just wanted to let you know that we're thinking about you and i uh, hope you're doing well and uh can't wait to get you back at the show now seth you're, you're ready for me now yeah i i had to sit back and think about it for a little bit and the reason why hey hey i understand that fully the reason why is there's two specific races that I remember vividly growing up uh, going to uh, the 1996-1997 truck races at Flemington, New Jersey, uh, the old square flat racetrack in uh, the middle of, well, essentially nowhere in New Jersey. And, uh, and uh, the, oh, I, I'm very familiar with Flemington. And yeah. The, yeah. the reason why I would turn to that, even though the driver I'm going to talk about didn't finish either race, Charlie Blue at the third. I grew up watching him more specifically because it was his family that we would sit with at Flemington and at Walt Stadium when we went to the local racetrack for years and years. So that was the first time somebody that I knew was actually racing in the upper echelon of NASCAR. He was typically a modified tour driver. Uh, He won a handful of races in the NASCAR modified tour won multiple championships in uh, the weekly racing series at Flemington and at Wall Stadium. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away in an accident at uh, Thompson International Speedway in 2007, I believe it was. But it, it was just, it's one of those where I actually got to see somebody I knew race. And I don't know if there's anyone who, if, I don't know if there's any way I can describe it because that's essentially wanting to be a racer was something I always wanted growing up. So so to be able to actually know somebody who did race that well uh, was special. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. Because, um, I tell you, I grew up in a racing family and I would, uh, (laughs) I, I, I tried my hand at racing. I really did. I tried my best. It turns out I actually wasn't good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, I actually I actually have one race win to my credit, uh, but because uh, largely due to attrition. But uh, yeah, that's another story for another day. But one more than my, me, don't worry. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, one yeah. But it was, people, uh, so. Oh god! It, but it's just, it's a solo two event, you know, where we're we're uh driving uh you know the little cars around cones and parking lots but yeah yeah i had said the best time that day in a subaru but um <laughs> but i digress but uh one of my greatest racing memories is going to the um formula one race at watkins Glen in 1979 uh we got there on thursday we had a heck of a time getting there because the weather was so bad um then our buddy fred was uh had met us there, and he drove his motorcycle in, and poor old Fred had icicles in his beard because the weather conditions were just that bad. Uh, so we, uh, yeah, I guess we got there Wednesday night, slept in a tent, uh, go up to the track Thursday, and it's just like raining like crazy. We're, we're standing in like a half inch of mud wearing the $1 ponchos, you know, that you can 
put on and and there's like four or five cars on a track then there's two cars on the track then there's one car on a track that last car on the track is Gilles Villeneuve and he keeps going lap after lap after lap the only guy on the track and we're watching him right and it's like oh it's just like unbelievable that this this dude's bravado in the rain right and it was like a couple of years later I, I read the actual story where where during that uh, the, the practice of the qualifying session that uh, Jody Schechter had gone out early in the session and was pretty confident he set the fastest time and then um, then when he saw Villeneuve's time he, he was like oh Villeneuve beat me by 11 seconds 11 seconds a lap and and this is this is just this guy out there going again and again and again while nobody else is on the track and I, I've got a couple other friends that I've met over the years who were there that same day and it's just like that, that's just something I always remember that Villeneuve was so freaking incredible you know that, that, that when everyone else is pulled pulled into the pits Roger Carford they call it a day this guy sets a time that's 11 seconds faster than his teammates, and then, you know, on Sunday he won the race, so that was pretty cool. The the other one for me was um, 1996 Road America IndyCar race. Now, to put it in perspective, uh, I, I got married to my first wife the uh, <laughs> week before that race, and that was part of our honeymoon was go to the Road America race. Yeah, she wasn't pleased with that, but hey, I'm not married to her anymore. Um, but uh, that was just a, a neat little race because I'm a big Michael Andretti fan. Michael Andretti was always my favorite race car driver uh, growing up. I, I, I watched Michael through Formula Formula V, Formula Fords, Formula Continental. Uh, Michael was always like my go-to guy. I I've probably watched every race Michael's ever been in, and uh, on this day. Last lap, Al Unser Jr. is just about to win the race. Engine blows and Michael wins on my honeymoon that my wife, my ex-wife, wasn't too thrilled about. So, uh, um, But Road America is a great place to go see a race. And uh, you can uh, spend your whole day walking around and watching that track from different vantage points because it's a four-mile-long road course. So... So there we go. So uh, now, Seth. Yes. You have a trivia trivia question to stump Richard with. Okay. Uh, let's see if he gets this one. I have talked about this on the show before, so let's see if he remembers this. Uh, in 1950, Bill Rexford won the championship because Lee Pen- Lee Petty was penalized. What was he penalized for, and how many points? Jesus, Seth, you are a <laughs> You are a taskmaster. <laughs> okay, well, here, at least answer what he was penalized for. I'm glad I'm not answering this question. I would have <laughs> no idea. Uh, he was penalized for a engine with too much displacement. No. Uh, if nobody else has gotten this, I'll... Uh, let you in. He 
uh, was penalized for competing in a rival racing series. And he was penalized 809 points, which was the exact amount of money he made racing in that rival racing series. That 809 points put him at a 300-point deficit to Bill Rexford, the 1950 NASCAR champion, the only NASCAR champion for the Cup Series that's not in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Okay, Seth, you have gone to the absolute (laughs) obscure right there. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'll throw my trivia question out. It's not quite so obscure, okay? So, um, we all know that uh, Lewis Hamilton is itching up on Michael Schumacher on the all-time list, okay? So, right now, Schumacher's still number one. Hamilton's number two. Who's number four? Justin? I have absolutely no clue. Uh, Did, like, Richard just, like, go away? uh, I don't know. Uh, Richard, are you muted? Well, I'll take at least a second guess, and you could say that this guess is from Richard. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay. So, all right. So, did you hear the question? <laughs> sorry about did, that. Did you hear the question? So, who's number four on the all-time win list? Who's number four um, on the all-time win list? Yep. So, you've got Schumacher, Hamilton. I think Prost is number three. What did Seth say? I said Senna. I don't... Uh, I don't think it is Senna. Um, well, obviously, it's not. Uh, I not, I have a second guess, but not Vettel, is it? Let's go with Vettel. No, no, it's not. It's not Vettel. So, Seth, what's your second guess? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be him, but I'm going to guess him anyway. Jim Clark. No, God, no. He's like. No. I I didn't think so, but he's like way down yeah, there, I, yeah. Um, hang on. But you guys are all around it. Oh, who would it be? Who would it be? Oh, come on, it can't be that Wilder? No. No. You guys are all around it. You're you're mixing up. Okay, okay. You're mixing up third and fourth. Yes, yes. Alan Prost. Alan Prost, yep. There we go. (laughs) Because Vettel's third, yeah, so. All right, Seth. Okay. Where and where and when was the first NASCAR race held outside of the United States? I know it was in Canada. I want to say I want to say it might have been an exhibition place. Uh, it was in Canada. It was not an exhibition place. But when do you think that happened? Fifty-three. That's remarkably close. <laughs> <laughs> I I know it was in the early fifties. That's the thing. Um, I I want to say it was in Toronto. I just, it might not have been an exhibition place, but I think it was in Toronto. And I'm just trying to remember what which year. Well, 52. Okay. Okay. Very close to Toronto. Was it that track in um, Ontario just across uh, Niagara Falls? 
Yes. I, I, yes. I don't know the name of the track, but I, I know. Stanford, Stan, Stanford, Stanford Park. Stanford Park in Niagara Falls. Yeah. Uh-huh. South, that's awesome. All right, now, Justin, you got a trivia question for us? Sure, and, uh, of course, I'm going to keep my NASCAR-centric because uh, – and it, it should be an easy one. It should be an easy one, um, being that we're dealing with the postponements with uh, the, the coronavirus right now. The last time that a NASCAR race got postponed was due to 9-11. Um, that was New Hampshire, um, and, and that got pushed to after uh, the season had ended. But uh, before that, what was uh, the race prior to uh, the September 11th attacks that had got postponed? Uh, are we talking weather postponements or just any postponements? Uh, I'm talking like they had to re- move the race date to later in the year. I, was it Atlanta because of uh, Blizzard and it was run Easter weekend? Or I... I I've heard this story before. I remember the Atlanta race because I woke up and it was snowing everywhere around me. And I'm like, okay, I don't have to go to work today because we're snowed out. I'm going to watch NASCAR race. Turned out it was snowing in Atlanta too. So there was one actually a little bit sooner than that one. I believe that one was in 1993. Um, But there was one that was a little bit um, sooner than that. The Daytona July race because of the uh, forest fires. There you go, bingo. 1998, the Pepsi 400 got postponed to October. And that was the first. Ah, uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right, now Richard, you got you got one to stop us. Okay, now this is uh, this isn't something I know the answer to. This is one I've stolen off the internet, so bear with me. Oh, you don't even know the answer. No, God, no, I've never even heard of this guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm not. No, I'm all about it. So. Who was the first IndyCar question? Who was the first driver to finish last in the Indianapolis 500 three different times? Three different times. Ouch. So, um... I'm just going to guess because of the Andretti curse that it's Marco Andretti. No, I'll take it that he was in the 70s. And it all happened in a four-year span. In the 70s. That's tough. Uh, uh, guys, not Lloyd Ruby. He was a little before the seventies. So to finish last, um, what's it? Um, and I'm, I'm, okay, let, okay. Let, okay. Let me let me ask. Let, let me ask you. Uh, phone a friend. Shit. Um, has this guy ever won a race in his life? Let me have a look. Let me have a look. Uh, n- no. Ah. Uh, I'm going to guess. Well, I'll let Frank guess first because he it seemed like he was on the cusp of one. No, I have no idea. I'm going to guess because I was actually watching a video on this driver earlier today. Uh, he, I want to say he was in a wreck either coming to the green flag one time or immediately after the green flag, uh, Salt Walter. Yes, it is. <laughs> Oh, that? wow, Seth. Damn. <laughs> I, I literally was watching his video earlier today, too. Wow. <laughs> I mean, show's over, guys. <laughs> That's it. I mean, nothing was close to that. <laughs> I mean, oh. 
Ladies when, and gentlemen, when, party is over. <laughs> when you said 70s, I was like, it can't be the same guy I just watched a video on, can it? <laughs> anyway, so I do have another uh, trivia question if we have time. Frank, do we have time? Oh, we have uh, 10 minutes left. Okay, 1979, Daytona 500. We all know the story uh, that Allison and Yarborough crash. Petty takes over the lead and wins the race. Well, from the moment that Allison and Yarbrough crash, as Ken Squire is calling that Petty is going to be taking over the lead, the camera does not go to Richard Petty. It goes to a similarly painted car, Petty Blue and STB Orange, that's on track because it is a former Petty car. Who was the driver? What year? 1979. 1979. Uh, so the car was a dog, so that might narrow it down a little bit. Uh, Bobby Allison? No. no. I'm just throwing shit out because <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Justin, Richard, either of you have any guesses or no? No, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew. I, I should know. Buddy Arrington who was a longtime uh, Chrysler fanatic. All right, Seth. Hey, you get way too You told me to go for obscure ones, so I went for obscure ones. Well, no, not that <laughs> obscure. I'll get rid of it. Richard, what else no, you got? One more. Who holds the record for the most laps led in a single Indy 500 race? Without winning or with winning? Uh, I think he won it. Let's have a check. Yes, he did win it. It's, it's it's early on. Uh, there's a guy that led 197, 198 laps. Um, I'm just gonna take a stab at it and say Maury Rose. Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, no, I don't want to say it's earlier than that. It's like um. Oh God. You're like uh, making me like dig. No, it's only the year. Yeah, it's only the year. It's 1930. Oh. Oh. Uh, Billy Holland. Almost. Almost. You got the first name right. Yeah, you got the first name. Billy. Arnold. Yes. To, to be second, he, were, yeah. he led oh, 198 going, yeah. of 200 laps. Started on pole, finished first. A dominant performance. Yeah. Almost perfection. Not far off. No, no, you can't do better than that. All right, so uh, who else got one? All right, I'll just throw one out of here. Which season in F1... Saw the most first-time winners. Apart from the first season, obviously. Well. Apart from the first season. Well, oh, yeah. No, no, that's true. No, no, probably Speaking of the first season of Formula One, did you realize, other than the Indy 500, which was technically counted as as yeah. the as a race, if you, if you discount the Indy 500, do you realize that the same um, mark – 
won every race in the first season of Formula I think I remember reading something like that, yeah. Uh, so which yeah, year Alfa had Romeo. the most first-time winners? The most first-time winners in Formula One. Which year? It was also the same year that had the most different winners. 81? You're, you're, you're real close. It was the year Kiki Rosberg won the championship, wasn't it? Yes, it was. 82? Nope. Come on, guys. 82, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I remember, I think Rosberg only won one race that year, didn't they? He only won one, and he won a championship. Yeah. But but you had you had a ton of first time winners there, but Patrese, um, Peroni, uh, Elio De Angelis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see now, Tom see Bay. now you made me think of them all. And a Tom Bay won a race. Ta- yeah, Tambe. Yeah, Patrick Tambe won in the won in the Ferrari yeah. when he took over for Villeneuve. Yeah. Okay. And um, is that his first win? Mm, he might have been a first-time winner that year. I'm not entirely Alvaretto? sure. But, but I know that... He won one that, race, that, didn't he? Oh, no, Al- Alvaretto won at um, the, last the, the, the U.S. Season. Grand Prix. Season I, yep. Okay, yeah, I, you, you had, uh, uh, I have one more trivia question. And this one's not that obscure. Well, it won't be to at least one of you. Uh, this Daytona 500 winner uh, got his start to a degree... Racing in a league on NASCAR Racing Season 2003 that Dale Earnhardt Jr. owned. Name that driver. What? There's a Daytona 500 winner that ran in a league on NASCAR Racing Season 2003 that eventually evolved into iRacing. And that league was owned by Dale Earnhardt Jr., who is the Daytona 500 winner? Come on, guys. This one's easy. We were talking about him earlier in the show. Danny Hamlin. There you go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> of all the people to get that one right, good grief. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, Denny Hamlin, yes, he got his start in real-life racing, but he actually was in a league with Dale Earnhardt Jr., and... He was running so well, Junior actually had invited him to come to the 2004 Daytona 500, I believe it was, which was the year Junior won. And it was the same weekend in which Hamlin signed his contract with Joe Gibbs Racing. There were a couple of them in that uh, that DMP league. Martin Truex, yeah. Brad Keselowski, um Danny, Dale, um, a couple of guys who are currently in the Coca-Cola iRacing series. Uh, uh, so Josh mean, Berry it, was in that. Josh Berry, yeah. I mean, that, that league runs deep, and that was back in 2003-2004 So sometimes it's a little surprising how deep the e-racing actually is, uh, and I wish more fans knew that, let alone media members. No offense, guys. But... Um, it's something that does hold the community together to a certain degree, but it's also a place where, if you think about it, to a certain degree, Junior found a handful of drivers, whether just for iRacing itself or Josh Berry. I mean, if you think about it, Josh Berry ended up driving for Junior Motorsports, and not only in the late models, he got a handful of shots in the Xfinity Series, ran well, just never had the funding, and he's gone on to be... Uh, 
Cars Tour uh, Series champion in real life for Junior Motorsports. And what a great way to wrap this show up. <laughs> We're talking about guys that uh, started on iRacing and ended up in real racing. So, But we are out of time, guys. So, uh, Justin, I want to thank you for coming on and joining us. Uh, Seth Richard, uh, always enjoy talking to you every week. Um, iHeartRadio, want to thank you for putting us on. Uh, Who's the Radio Network? Appreciate you uh, uh, hosting us every week. And, uh, and you folks listen to us. Hey, man, have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.